My goal was to get the business within 10 years to a million dollars in revenue plus. We're gonna do a million after our fourth year. Welcome to Founder Stories, a show about ordinary people on a journey to build their own exceptional businesses. I'm Brian Scudamore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands. We're home to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine. I started my business hauling junk as an 18-year-old paying his way through college. 30 years later, we're 250 franchises strong. I've learned a few lessons along the way, the most important one being that it's all about people. And I mean all about people. So I'm on a mission to uncover the founder's stories of some of our most inspiring people. From the decisions that lead them to take the leap to the celebrations and lessons that follow. Sometimes going it alone just doesn't pay off. On today's show, Ethan Brooks fails at his first business, then goes back for more. This time with the support of a team that's bigger and better together. Here's Ethan's story. My name's Ethan Brooks. I'm franchise partner for Shack Shine Ann Arbor. Uh, currently in my third year of business. Just uh, looking to grow my company continually. Just, just continue the success that we've had and, um, you know, really dominate the Ann Arbor market. Awesome. So why don't we start at the beginning? I'm going to get you to take me way back. And we're, we're talking uh, back to your childhood. What was, what was Ethan like as a kid? If you think back to childhood dreams, what did you always want to be when you grew up? My first memory is in first grade, a vivid memory of writing down on a piece of paper, I want to build barns. My dad and my grandpa were farmers, so I always just thought that was really cool. But I think really for me, it grew into, I just, I want to build things. Mm, awesome. Barn building to shack shining. You know, it's not too far of a stretch. You can, you can see the <laughs> path there. Yep. We got your parents, what did your parents do? My dad grew up a farmer. Like I said, my grandpa had a farm for a long time. And then my dad actually, he is, is technically the head of procurement for a livestock and meat company. He buys sheep, and mostly sheep, for a meatpacking company. And he's done that essentially all of his life. My mother, first and foremost, she's a mom. Uh, I have two siblings, so there's three of us. She's basically, you know, the best mother you could ask for. Always took great care of us. Also, she did some accounting and tax prep, which has been great for me to, to have that knowledge. She actually helped me when I started my business, as a side note. If yeah. I was to interview your mother and asked her, when Ethan was a kid, what was he like? What, what did you think he was going to be when, when he'd grow up? What would she have said? You know, I'd like to hear that response if you did ask her that, but um, I, I would have a feeling um, she would say, you know, Ethan was always a handful. He was always a little bit rambunctious, but she probably would tell you that I've always been a leader. I think she would probably say, I like to do my own thing. I've always been interested in business and I think my mother and father, both of them, have very much supported me with that and say, hey, if you like to do your own thing and you can figure out how to do it, then, then have at it. One of the coolest things for me in getting to do these podcasts is I get to interview people from all sorts of different O2E brands and everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a different background, but it is one thing, it's cool to see that one thing that almost everyone has in common 
is they want to do their own thing. They want to be in charge of their own destiny. So yeah. your mother saw you as a leader. Did you see yourself as a leader growing up? Yeah, I was never afraid to kind of go out of the box. I was never afraid to challenge other people or challenge the norm. It was almost to a fault my style to say, okay, how can we do something differently? And it's interesting because franchising, I've, I've started to really realize over the years that it's free, freedom within a framework. You get a framework of here's the recipe, but for people that still want to do things their own way, you get to invent and recreate a better way of, of running Chapshine. Why did you choose franchising? As somebody who's a leader who wants to do it their own way, why did you choose becoming a franchise partner? Yeah, yeah. So I've given this a lot of thought over the last couple of years. Probably one of the biggest reasons that really sticks out to me is I had just enough knowledge and experience before I started this to realize the scale, right? So scalability is, is the answer to your question. And what I mean by that is I kind of was just on the brink of like, man, if I do this completely on my own, I think it's possible, but it's going to take me a long time to get there. It's going to be a tough road. So I really opened my eyes to franchising and the fact that, you know, if I want to have a a legitimate, sizable, scalable company, franchising is, is a great route for me to do that. So, you know, I started looking around simply at franchises and really getting involved in looking around and I found Shackshine and it's like the puzzle pieces just fit together perfectly. But that's kind of what drew me to it was the scalability. Tell me how, how Ethan, how did you come in contact with Shackshine? I had started looking into franchising and um, getting into my own business and I knew I wanted, I, I really liked this industry, the kind of cleaning, you know, service industry, if you will. And to be honest, I don't remember the exact moment mm -hmm. that I found Shackshine. You know, at some point I filled out the form and had a conversation with our franchise development manager and quickly, very quickly realized that this was pretty much the opportunity I had been looking for. So I kind of had searched it out, but also, you know, I'd searched some other things to, to kind of eliminate. And then once I found this, it just made it, made it more legitimate for me. And, and what was the connection? When did you just go, well, this is, this is something I can see myself doing, or this is something yeah. I want to be doing? So I have a power washing background before Shackshine and I think that was the kind of big picture mutual connection as I was like okay you know I have some experience here let's start looking at power washing let's when I found Shackshine I, I realized okay they do power washing they also do window cleaning they also do gutter cleaning now we're doing Christmas lights so it's like okay maybe I can take this and make it a full-scale business versus you know what I'd known before was power washing with myself, a power washer and an old pickup truck. So that was kind of the differentiator, if you will. And um, a bit of the aha moment was, uh, so, so back in college, I did power washing on my own, essentially on the side, like I mentioned, out of a pickup truck. And it was called Ethan's Exterior Cleaning. And I had created this logo, I kid you not, by myself. And it, and it looks, it's the exact same logo that we have today at Shackshine. Wow. Uh, which is the smiley face that, that looks like a house if you've ever yeah. seen it. So You're not going to sue us for copyright infringement, are you? <laughs> correct. I think we have crossed that we're not going to, to fight that battle. Right? <laughs> yeah, so at that point, I think what connected for me was the vision. 
And I thought to myself, wow, like, you know, I had the vision. I didn't know where it was going, but I had it. And now to kind of see it full scale and to see how new it is and to see how I can be a part of it. I think that's really what connected for me. That's awesome. And so what's really neat here is that the industry, the fragmented mom and pop guy with a a old truck, the the Ethans of the world, so to speak, you've become a part of the the industry that's fragmented that we're trying to professionalize and and take up a notch. But you started as one of those guys, which is which is very cool. Exactly. What what has being a part of Shackshine then brought to you? Is there power behind something we do that you're like, wow, I'm glad I have this or? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I would say the number one thing, the most impactful thing for me that I never really understood was is branding. You hear about branding, you hear about it with the, the apples of the world and the Starbucks of the world. Um, and, and I truly feel that every day when I go out and, and I talk to a customer and they say, oh yeah, you know, I saw your truck around or I see your guys at my neighbors. I guess for me, like I couldn't understand that before when I was, I was a younger guy, I was doing things on my own, but the power of branding, it, it goes a long ways. Yeah. So Shackshine's done a great job of that. Uh, O2E has done a great job of that to, to create that branding. And then we're very consistent with it. And so I had, I had to kind of understand that. And now that I, I have a bit of understanding from that, um, I can push it, right? And I can say, look, this branding is going to take us a long ways. There's a, there's a reason customers call us is because they, they see this branding as a big part of it. Do you notice people treat you any differently when you represent Shackshine brand versus Ethan's? Yeah, it's just a whole other level of professionalism. You know, you can be professional on your own, but when you have that branding power behind you, it's about consistency. So, for example, if I show up to meet with a customer to do an estimate for the first time, you know, they're going to see me. They're going to see a wrapped vehicle. They're going to see me in a, in a branded polo. Um, and then when the guys come to service their home, uh, they're going to see the same things. They're going to see another wrapped vehicle. They're going to see another guy in a polo. Uh, and then when we send them a follow-up survey, they're going to see the same professionalism through our emails or through our calls, whatever whatever communication it is. So it's a consistency thing, and I think people really do take to that. Is consistent branding, it, it goes a long ways with our customers. So you mentioned that when you stumbled across Shackshine, you were gainfully employed. I had a sales manager job for a Windows company, managing sales reps for replacement windows. So yeah, definitely had a good gig going. And what made you take the leap? I remember the day I sat down and told my father I was dropping out of university to build this business, uh, to build 1-800-GOT-JUNK, let alone, I I wasn't sitting there going, hey, I'm quitting a high paying job, a great job to go start my own gig and raise some money and start from scratch. What, what was that like? For me, it was it was probably a little different than some people. I ended up, you know, graduating with a business uh, entrepreneurship degree, and then I went into the corporate culture and the corporate sales world. So for me, it was it was just a matter of time. I knew it was just pretty much time to do it on my own and see what I could make happen. So almost three years. Tell me about the the roller coaster ride. Tell me about some of those moments where. Of course, you've been excited to be a part of the Shackshine family, to be your own boss, to be the guy dictating the 50 or 60 hours. But tell me about a downtime. Where were you just scared out of your tree wondering, what have I done? 
<laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's been a few. I mean, there's definitely a lot of roller coasters. I guess probably one of them early on was I had, you know, probably it was about three to four months in. Um, and I kind of got stuck and I got stuck in a spiral where I didn't have enough employees. Okay. I basically had one full-time employee and myself. And had I known, had I known differently or had I could have seen the, seen the future, I would have had two or three employees at that time. Um, so what ended up happening is I had one full-time employee, which was awesome. And then I was basically wearing all the hats in the business. We've got a three month old business. I'm doing all the sales. I'm doing full-time operations, managing customers, whatnot. So I had very, very little time to recruit, to interview, to hire, to train. And I was basically working in the business, you know, 10, 11 hours a day, and then trying to do these other things at night and keep up with everything. So I kind of got into this spiral where I'm like, hey, I really just don't have time to bring on more people. But to grow, I, I really do need to bring on more people. Um, and that happened way faster than I thought it would. I, I didn't think that would happen in the first year, even maybe, you know, six months to a year. And it happened basically three months into the business. So a, a good challenge to have or a good problem to have on one hand that things are growing quickly enough that the business is there that you, you don't have mm -hmm. enough people. But man, I can imagine the stress. I've been there when mm -hmm. I remember five years into my business, I fired all 11 people because I just didn't have the smiley, happy professionals I needed in my business. And mm -hmm. that meant I was the guy. I was doing everything the next day or for the next three months till I, I rebuilt. Yeah. What were, you, what were you feeling in those moments of 10, 11 hour days and just you, you, you couldn't keep up? Did you... I mean, did you want to throw in the towel? Did you question your decision to join Shapshine? I never wanted to throw in the towel. So part of it was, it's, you know, you got to have a give and take with business. Um, part of it is, yeah, it's a good problem to have, right? You need more people. You've got so many customers, you can't even talk to them all on the same day. Uh, you need more employees and whatnot. So, so there was definitely a good side of it. The, the downside of it was I had never really experienced that before. And I didn't really realize the importance of, of hiring good people right away. That would be my takeaway is, is if, you know, if I could basically go back to that first year, I would say, okay, let's, you know, let's get the people in place first. It's going to make things run a little bit smoother uh, as we grow. How did you get through so, it? I mean, I would say I just kept my head down uh, and, and, and just plowed through the work, essentially. And then I got a little bit fortunate. It kind of got worse before it got better. I did hire a guy, finally, that I knew. He wasn't a referral, but I slightly knew him. He was from my hometown. And so I hired him, thinking, okay, this is going to solve everything. He's going to come on board. And he lasted for like a week and a half, and then he quit showing up, basically. <laughs> um, and then I, about a month later, I got lucky. I got a referral from a family member. And that guy, is he started a couple mo a month later, and that guy's still with me today. And uh, so really, it was just about bringing on the good people, bringing on the right people. And looking back at that, you know, that one employee, bringing him on board, like I said, he's still with me today. It, it just makes, it can make a world of difference just having that one good person. Mm -hmm. And these WTF moments, these willing to fail, we make mistakes type moments that, you know, it, it doesn't sound again like it, you wanted to throw in the towel. It, it wasn't time to call it quits, but mm -hmm. it certainly stresses you and tests you. 
how has it changed you as a leader going forward? If you look at where you are today, three years in, is the business any better because of that? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, so one big thing I've learned is is you basically, as the business owner, that's that's one thing that your main your main responsibility is planning ahead. Basically, you, you have to plan for the unexpected. You know, you have to be kind of be able to see that in the future and instead of reacting to to everything. You got to be able to plan things, you know, steps ahead. Um, and and part of that is investing in your future. Um, you've got to invest in the right people. You've got to spend the time to train the right people. Uh, you got to maybe have extra people on your staff when you don't always need them, but knowing that you're going to need them in the future. Um, so, so really, you know, planning that and building, you know, really what I would call building the infrastructure of your own business. Give me an idea of what Shapshine Ann Arbor looks like today. If you fast forward now from where you started and some of the challenges you've gone through, you're now at a three-year period in the business, still new to the game, but but learning and establishing yourself and your brand. What do things look like today? Yeah, so it's it's crazy to think about year one to, to year three in such a short time frame. So uh, so basically year one was was one van and one employee. Today currently we're at four vans and ten employees. Growing from there, I'll actually hire my eleventh employee uh, tomorrow. I'm going to call him oh. and uh, give give a, give a new hire in. So, um, yeah, it is. It really is. And that goes back to what we spoke on earlier about the scalability. You know, that the, the franchise really, I mean, it truly does allow for that type of growth. Um, so, so it's actually funny because year one, I had all these goals set and I was, oh, I'm, I'm trying to service 12 to 14 jobs per week. And there's days where we've done 12 to 14 jobs in a day. So what we did in in a week, we can do in a day uh, in our third year. So, yeah, it's pretty unique how how fast we can grow, how many, you know, customers we can service. Um, We've we've really maintained a a really high quality and customer satisfaction rate as well, uh, Mm -hmm. which is something we're really proud of. So, yeah, so it it, it can move very quickly. Yeah, well, it's good. And, you know, so then we've talked about where you're at today. What do things look like five years from now? I mean, it sounds like there's no stopping you with the growth you got and the, the learning that you're you're getting each and every day. What does it look like five years yeah. down the road? Yeah, certainly. So, and it's actually, it's interesting because, you know, that's another thing. I just, when I came into this business, I couldn't quite, I had my ideas about how big it could be, but I really couldn't quite understand it. The, the, the power of, of having a brand and having the, the kind of franchise backbone. So it's actually funny because when I came into the business, my goal was to get, get the business to a million dollars in revenue plus, right? You kind of hear that number and, you, and that's kind of, I think a lot of people starting out in business, oh, I, you know, I want to have a million dollar business. That was yeah. my number, you know, it took right, me eight exactly. years to get there, which is a long time, but that was, that was my number. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, and I and I kind of thought in the back of my mind, okay, you know, we should we should for sure be able to do this at some point. You know, within ten years, that sounds great. Um, and then pretty quickly after, about halfway through my second year, I remember I had a conversation with my cousin. He's in sales and business as well, and he said, "Well, you know, why can't you do a million next year?" And I really have thought about that quite a bit since then. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we're, we're going to do a million after our fourth year. And, and so 10 years from now, 
we've kind of reforecasted to say, okay, you know, we'll, there's no reason we couldn't do two million. And if we can do two million, there's really no reason we couldn't do three or four million. So it, 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 every year you kind of recalibrate and think, wow, like this is what we accomplished in our second year or in our third year. And then you kind of start to think, okay, well, what does 10 years look like? So I think for me, yeah, I think that, that kind of new goal that's a little bit more recent would be uh, figuring out a way to get this to the scale up to that, you know, two, three, four, I mean, who knows, maybe five million someday. I, you know, I don't know. A, an entrepreneur that I admired when I was a kid was Walt Disney, not just because, of course, Disneyland and, and all the movies, but I just, I remember hearing his story and how he took nothing and built this incredible land that was the happiest place on earth. And a quote that I love that we actually have posted at the junction of his is it's kind of fun to do the impossible and something I've learned like you is it's amazing when you start to see the opportunity and, and, and that bright shiny object that exists within a business, the potential. So what's the biggest challenge on your plate right now that you're, you're just going, if I could solve one thing, what's the, the opportunity for you right now? It's probably always going to be similar. It's it's very much focused around people. So actually, at the beginning of this year, I, I had a great plan. I came in. I had five existing employees. I said, okay, I need a bump from five to ten. Assuming everyone's going to stay, everything's going to be great with those five employees. Um, and I actually lost two of them at the beginning of the year. So then I had to go from three to ten. Um, and what I learned through that was I actually need to have more of a development plan. So we don't always just need people and employees around. We need people that are developing constantly. So I think development of people is what's going to get us to the next stages. And for us as a new company, that's developing leaders. It's developing managers. It's developing people in different parts of the business, you know, sales, operations, um, you know, administrative, that type of stuff. And why would somebody stay with you for years? You know, you talk about your father being in the same job for over 30 years. If you find someone great, shining star and shack shine, mm -hmm. why would they stay? How do you entice them to stick by your side? For me, uh, one of the big things is passion. I truly am very passionate about what I'm doing here. Um, and, and I feel like we're I'm growing this company with my employees, with my customers. And no part of it is for me individually. It's it's to grow something that uh, people can be a part of. And, mm -hmm. you know, I really value the employees, you know, being passionate about it. Um, and I tell this to my guys once in a while, too. You know, anybody can wash a window, but not everybody cares about washing a window, right? Not everybody cares about pleasing and satisfying that customer. Um, so, so being part of something that they care about is a huge thing. And then I think that translates from hopefully from me as, as saying, Hey, like I'm not just, I'm not just here to, to have a window cleaning company. We're here to have the best house detailing company in the world. Um, and then for the employees, like that's something they can be part of. We should always be growing. They should always have a, a mentality of, of what's next. Um, so, so if they're an employee here, they should always have an opportunity to improve themselves and to grow with the company. And I think that's, uh, a huge value for a lot of employees right now, a lot of people out there in the workforce is they want to have a path towards what's next. Well, I am so incredibly grateful that you are a part of the Shackshine family and you've got the passion. I feel it. I feel more energized uh, at the end of this conversation than before it started. So I thank you for that. And I'm excited to yeah. be a part of working together with you to build something 
bigger and better together. And I love how you describe it, the world's greatest house detailing company. I mean, it's a, it's a big vision and we all know every person that's a part of Shack Shine that that's what we're creating and uh, have all the faith in the world that you'll be able yeah. to do it. Well, Ethan, thank you very much for sharing your passion and uh, look forward to seeing you at some point in the near future. Awesome, that, that sounds good, I appreciate it, Brian. I'm Brian Scudamore. I always love hearing founder stories. What resonated with you? I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Instagram or Facebook. I'll be back next week with another episode of Founder Stories. Founder Stories.